What would a school be capable of if they could truly have a culture where everyone loves coming to work each day? Is the culture in your building lacking a certain spark and sense of community? Have you ever wondered how to effectively establish a more positive presence within your school building? In this episode, you're going to learn from Iowa's 2022 Elementary Principal of the Year, Heather Buckley, about some ways to make this culture happen in your building no matter what role you are in. Welcome to the Ed Essentials Podcast. This is Hunter Flesh, and if you're an educator looking for teaching and leadership strategies, then I'm so glad that you have found this show. My mission is to equip you with the necessary skills and insights to help you have a greater impact on the world of education today. And by the way, today we are going to learn a little bit about school culture and how educators can make their schools more positive and student-centered. Today's guest, like I mentioned in the intro, is Heather Buckley. She's the 2022 Iowa Elementary Principal of the Year, and she currently serves as the principal of Cardinal Elementary here in Iowa. The main reason I wanted to bring Heather on was because of her major focus around building culture on the right things. She emphasizes a variety of ways to maintain this highly effective school culture, and I'm so excited for you to hear about all of her leadership experiences as a principal. So please welcome on to the Ed Essentials podcast, Heather Buckley. And for those that don't know you, Heather, um, you know, you're the principal of Cardinal Elementary here in Iowa. What did your path uh, to becoming that a principal at that elementary school look like? Yeah, so um, I can kind of start back to where I began um, in education. Tw- I'm going on year 20 this year, so I can't believe how fast it's Congratulations. Gone. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I first started out as an elementary teacher. I uh, taught second grade uh, in the Liberty Public School System, which is a suburb of Kansas City, and taught there for some time. And I uh, got married, had had a baby, and we just really wanted to get back to Iowa. That's where we were born and raised and moved back to southeastern Iowa, uh, taught fourth grade in the Fairfield Community School District for a few years. And along the way, when I got back to uh, Fairfield, I never really thought that I would go into administration. I always had this passion of, oh, I think I want to do curriculum work. Uh, and I actually went back to school to have a master's in that. But I had so many principals within my teaching career that just inspired me. They just truly cared about the people. They cared about the work. Um, and they were always somebody that um, just encouraged me to continue on with some leadership roles. So I went back to school uh, when I got back here in Iowa, went to the U of I and decided to get into that principal program. And after that, I became a curriculum director for a year. And I did love the work. It's definitely like the background scenes of education, uh, but I really missed the people and I missed the kids. And so when uh, I was a shared curriculum director for Cardinal and another school district in Southeastern Iowa. And so when that opening came open, I just thought that that was going to be the right move for me. And uh, I've been really honored to to be able to serve in that building um, as elementary principal for the last um, I think I'm going on year nine now. So, congratulations! Yeah, That's so thank cool. You. I'm always interested just to see the path that people take to to becoming administrators. Um, for some reason, the common theme is, uh, you know, I never looked for it. It just kind of oh. happened. or get mm-hmm. shoulder tapped. Um, that that's yeah. how it worked for my mom is how it's worked for a lot of people. Yeah. They don't go looking for administration, but somehow it just kind of finds them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think I've, I've landed in a spot that's been a great fit for me too. Um, as a district, that's, that's such an important part of 
so many people are wanting to get into leadership roles, but it really has to feel right for them, um, feel like the right community. And where I've landed, it just feels like a second family. So I've been really blessed yeah. to, to call Cardinal home. I love that. That's so important too, the fit. I hear that all the time, you know, going yeah. through my grad classes, some people, yeah, you want to get your sort of name in the hat, you yeah. know, as you will, but it's also about finding that right fit. If it's not going to be the place where you're going to feel like you fit with the culture, yeah. you feel like you fit with the strategy and the goals and all of those things that the district yeah. is trying to achieve, that's probably not going to be the best option right. for you. Right. Um, so when you took over for Cardinal Elementary, you know, what were some of your focuses and what was some of your strategies that you used your first year and how did that modify and develop over time? Yeah, yeah. So I would say um, my initial entry plan that I had, I created this beautiful entry plan, which I thought was beautiful at the time. Uh, <laughs> it was really focused on teaching, learning, and PLCs, and um, all the wonderful educational protocols that we use to create good lessons and to raise student achievement. Um, I was really excited about that. And I knew culture was a big piece of, of the job as well and building relationships. My um, initial focus changed the very first day of school. Um, and then it's evolved since then. But I do think that the experience that I experienced my very first day in the job has it just changed my, my viewpoint on my role as the leader of the building and our role as educators. Um, and so I want, I want, if it's okay, I want to share that. Please. So I had my um, entry plan. I had my schedule. I had where all the, well, the, where all the kids were supposed to go, the rosters and things. Um, and as the kids were flooding into the building on my first day, I was um, greeting them with excitement, giving them high fives, handshakes, having a great day, walking the halls, um, kind of being that cheerleader, like, yay, welcome to school. It's the first day. I had a, um, a little one. I want to say she was about five years old. Came in shortly after the bell rang off a bus, um, looked really lost. You know, didn't have when when I finally looked at her, she's by herself. She didn't have the new backpack. She didn't have the school supplies. She didn't look very rested. Um, I looked down and she's not wearing shoes. And so at that moment, I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, here's someone that's really apprehensive to come into the building. She doesn't have the family members to maybe walk her in. I don't know what her day even looked like for her first day of school. Um compared to other kids that were probably having their parents there taking pictures. And so at that moment, my entry plan, my student achievement goals at that first year, just kind of, I threw it away. And I just said, you know, we've got to really make sure that all of our kids needs are met. Um, so I greeted her. I, I asked who her teacher was. She wasn't for sure. I asked if she had had breakfast. She hadn't had breakfast yet. And so um, just those, that moment was, it was so humbling to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, we've got to make sure, you know, we're greeting our kids, making sure that they hear their name, making sure that they can have a, a warm breakfast and all of their basic needs have to be met before we can even teach, before we can get to the nitty gritty of a PLC, um, and student achievement and, and assessment work. We really just have to build relationships and let all of the kids know that we care about them. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was my first day experience as an educator. I thought, wow, what a humbling moment. And it, it happened at that time where I kind of um, threw everything I had away for professional development and started to implement some things that are, are better for social emotional use um, for each classroom and build those relationships. 
um, now being in the role that I'm in now for the last nine years, uh, we've done some really great work with social emotional learning and beginning our day and focusing on relationships. Um, but I'd say uh, I, I spent a lot of time getting to know our staff, uh, being able to just hear about what they wanted in a leader, what, they, what the school needed, um, and just taking time to listen, not really changing a lot about how we do things um, with, with curriculum and academics, but just spent a lot of time with the staff getting to know them. Um, how it's changed between now and year nine, um, I feel like we've incorporated more staff wellness programs. So we've taken um, what we can do to support students in their social emotional well-being to implementing more of what we can do now to help our staff as well. They have such a, a tough job and uh, we need to be able to provide them with some opportunities to um, take care of themselves. And then, and, and I think that really stemmed from the pandemic work, you know, too, that um, they haven't had a normal year. So there's been a lot of immense stress for them. So uh, putting a focus on that. And I do think getting to know my team now, um, I know how, uh, I, I know the team pretty well. I know each staff members, I know how they uh, co co uh, collaborate and correspond. And so that helps me uh, with, with my strategies and my focus. Um, each year on what the, what each team needs. I love that how you had this whole plan and then it yeah. just got to throw it away, you know, and, and that's so yep. true. You, yeah. And they always talk about it in our classes. Like you never really know until you get in the building. You just yeah. don't. Yeah, you don't. And, and I remember taking it at classes and thinking, um, you know, I want to instructionally lead. That's my ultimate goal. Uh, but what I found is so much of the time spent being a principal is the managerial things of putting out fires or just making sure everybody's set and ready and, and ready to have a great day. Uh, that work is just, just as much as important as the academic piece. So were there anything that surprised, or was there anything that surprised you when you were having those conversations with staff or just trying to get to know and listen? Was there anything that stood out to you? Obviously the social emotional piece, was there anything else that stood out to you during those conversations? Um, I think the main thing is just, the the feeling of hopelessness sometimes of when we have challenging behaviors, how do we navigate mm. through that? And I, I don't have the right answer per se, um, but it does get tricky because some of our kiddos that do have um, maybe not the, the most um, smooth home life, uh, they have a lot of outside factors. Uh, sometimes that's really difficult to, how do we support that? And so we're always talking about what else can we do to support that? And so that's been really eye-opening. Again, I don't have I don't have all the answers, but if we really get to know the child as best as we can. Mm -hmm. We're going to be more apt to be able to serve them and get them give them what they need. So, um, yeah, a lot of questions I guess stemmed from from that experience and my experience uh, just getting to know the kids and staff. Absolutely. And as you got to know the kids, you got to know the staff. Get a, got a better temperature check of where each. Uh, person, each stakeholder is at. I mean, how do you begin to start building a culture that really is um, safe and happy and a place where people want to come to work, where kids want to learn? I mean, how do you begin that process? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think, you know, just taking time your first year to get to know everyone, get to know the culture, get to know the traditions. Um, traditions are so important, you know, just, just to get to know that and to honor that. Uh, I think that's one thing that I did. Um, I don't think it's, again, one thing, but it's a culmination of lots of little things. So uh, I think one of the things as, as a leader that's made it uh, safe and a happy environment, too, is 
recognizing that I don't have all the answers, um, even going into your 20 in education, um, being willing to, to admit your faults. You know, I make a lot of mistakes as a leader and being able to acknowledge that and be reflective of that. Um, and if and if you've built those quality relationships with your staff, they're not going to let you fail. You know, if, if you really are um, vulnerable about uh, where, where you want the, the staff and the school to be um, and willing to accept some failure and learn from that, I think that then that's one thing that that has really helped me in the role of creating happy, safe culture. Um, another thing that I like to think of it as the leader is often like the cheerleader of the building. And you might have like the craziest day, you know, in the office, but as soon as you go out in the halls, being able to um, be genuine and be excited about what's happening in the building, but still be able to put that aside and, and remember your purpose and try to lift people up. So acknowledging them, celebrating what they're doing, what you're seeing in the classrooms. Uh, some of the other things that we do at Cardinal that I think are really important is um, we send out little postcards and snail mail. Um, everyone loves to get mail, whether it's a student or a staff member. I think those little things uh, just show that you care. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah we, we did that for some students and I'll never forget. And sometimes when I'm feeling down as a teacher, like on Fridays, mm -hmm. I just like to write postcards to students That's and just, just little good things that they do, things that I noticed they could have been yeah. terrible to me all week. But if, if I can write them a note, then it just makes me feel so much better. And I'll never forget this one student. I just saw him like carrying it around constantly. Oh. And he used it as his bookmark for his book. And, you know, he hated reading, but he yeah. loved holding onto that note. And he would actually read for me during our intervention time um, and use that as his bookmark. That's um, amazing. And, and, you know, it does show that they are proud of it. You know, I'm sure that after he had it as a bookmark, it probably went on his fridge at home, mm -hmm. you know, and as a parent too, that's one of the things that you, when your child gets something like that, you're like, Hey, that's awesome. So mm -hmm. just those little things I think um, are some things that we help create that happy culture. And, and you're right. I think those postcards and little notes of acknowledgement go a long way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and oftentimes those, the, you know, the air quotes, those kids, which is even, I, I hate using that, but we often look at those kids with the behavior problems, the ones that yeah. are the toughest to deal with. And we just focus on the the negative and, oh, we got to fix this. We got to fix that. And parents, like, we don't ever put ourselves in the shoes of the parent. Like, how does right. that? And, and I'm at the seventh grade level. So parents have that child. And for 11, 12, 13 mm -hmm. years, all they've heard is, well, my kid does this wrong. My kid does this wrong. And how often do they ever receive something positive in the mail or something yeah. positive, a phone call home, just purely out of the goodness of your heart, just to say something positive. Yeah. Um, it makes such a big difference. It's, it is. And it's such a simple thing that doesn't cost money. I mean, mm -hmm. if, we, if we could all change uh, the mindsets and we all practice that, I think it goes, it goes a long way. And I, and I do think it works equally for adults and your staff members, mm -hmm. just as it does, as it does kids. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And then another thing, um, happy, safe culture, I would say just being present, um, being really um, visible within your school, being able to, uh, you know, I, I try not to ask our staff to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. So uh, you'll see me in the lunchroom, arrival, dismissal. I just think being being present and being one in the team is something that I think uh, resonates and goes a long way. And then um, being able to just visit classrooms and share positive things that you see. Sometimes I, I visit rooms and 
I'm thinking, gosh, I want to really give some instructional guidance and feedback here. What questions could I ask? And sometimes I leave the room going, that was perfect. There was no way I would ever be able to do that any better. <laughs> so maybe finding some positive um, things that you see in the classroom, whether it's the way they spoke to the kids or their questioning, uh, just giving a lot of that feedback. Teachers love to hear mm. that too. So. Yes, I, I'm so glad that, glad that you reinforced that. That's something my mentor teacher has, uh, our master teacher has taught me now as a mentor, as I go into classrooms and I'm observing, it's just find the positives and, yeah. and build on those. And sometimes it's nice just to leave positive and nothing else. Yeah, um, yeah. And it could just be something little, but teachers love that. That's like, that's like jet fuel for them. You know, it if, is, you, yes. if you can gas them up and give them something positive to feed off of, even if it's little, that can take an educator you know, that can give them a week's worth of drive and motivation to get them through the week or yeah. into the next week. And it, it, in years to come too, you know, I mm -hmm. always tell teachers have a basket or have a box, like a photo box or something. Whenever you get pieces of feedback or a great letter from a parent or a picture from a student that meant something, keep it. You need those moments. There's going to be so many moments in February where you're going to need to pull that out and <laughs> <laughs> look at it. So. Absolutely. On, on the flip side of the positives, I mean, there's so many challenges as a principal. And um, in my classes, we talk about just the constant putting out fires, the array of skills and things you need to overcome a, ver mm -hmm. a variety of challenges as a principal. So for you, um, what's what do you see as your biggest challenge as a principal today? Um, and what are you doing now to hopefully overcome that challenge? Yeah. That's a good question because every every year um, I see themes. And so I was kind of reflecting on this. Um, the themes that I see as, as a school principal is making sure that you've got high expectations for learning and what you want us to accomplish um, as, a, as a school building with student achievement and with um, high levels of teaching, but then also balancing that with culture. That That's such a, a fine, hard balancing act and one that I haven't conquered yet. Um, so that's one challenge. The other challenge is just making sure that our educators are being well taken care of. Um, nothing is being taken off their plate and they have such a demanding job that I think it's, it, I want to make sure that I'm being supportive enough. And so um, that is another big, big challenge that I'm faced with every year. Um, I'm sure every, every school is probably in a similar situation as just trying to find that balance, but then making sure that you're supporting them as much as you can. Um, I haven't conquered that yet, but I hope that the little things that we do are helping support teachers. Um, so I think taking time to celebrate what we see, um, taking time to celebrate each other. You know, in staff meetings, we we start our staff meetings with uh, share out a positive that's happening in your life outside of school. Um, we've we've got to be able to embrace each other um, as a family and talk about some great things happening um, at home. Sometimes that also might mean, what are some things that you need support in? What are some things happening in the teacher's life uh, or the staff member's life that they want some people to know so that we can check in with them just to make sure they're doing okay? Um, and then also giving high fives to each other, being able to celebrate uh, what's happening in our building and being able to acknowledge um, some of the work that their colleagues are doing. So those are some things uh, that we try to do. I, I think one of the, I'm really proud of the district that I work for and the priority that they put on social emotional well-being of all of our staff. Um, we've got some really cool initiatives that are happening where 
uh, we have like a, we're a small district. We maybe only have 150 employees, but um, we have like a walking club. We have a financial literacy uh, class that they can take and work on some Dave Ramsey uh, techniques with a, with a financial coach. Uh, we've got a spiritual growth group and then uh, weekly I teach yoga. And so it's been really a cool outlet and, a, and just a different way to connect with staff members so that they can re release some stress. Um, so those are some fun things that we do just to try to um, get over that challenge of making sure that our, our staff's, you know, well taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Definitely absolutely. still a challenge though. Yeah. And I'm in a similar, not as small of a school district, I believe, but still small. And I'm, I'm the only core teacher for my subject, grade, grade level teacher for my subject. And so that in itself, like it, it's naturally sort of lonesome. Absolutely. Teaching, teaching yeah. itself is lonesome, but let alone smaller school districts where you're yeah. sort of on an island, you might be the only subject teacher or grade level teacher or whatever. Um, so you, it's really important for leaders like yeah. yourself to have those avenues in mind to connect people and to really build um, yeah. this idea of connecting this to each other yeah. instead of being siloed. That's so yeah. important. Yeah, absolutely. is, And I think that's one of the biggest things, um, you know, in school districts, one of the challenges is making sure that you can um, compensate teachers well enough so that they want to stay in your school system, especially in rural Iowa. Um, you know, it's really difficult to compete with mm -hmm. schools in suburb area or urban areas of Iowa. And so, um, if we can take care of our employees and let them know that the work that they do is so valued and honored um, and take good care of them and offer some things where they can connect and make relationships with, with their teams and the community, we're far better off. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So how do you, and maybe we can add on to this question too, but how do you celebrate students and your staff to keep them at the center of your work? Cause I think there's a lot of um, administrators who, understand the lasting impacts that COVID left on, you know, teacher workloads, like mm -hmm. teachers are feeling burnt out. They're doing so much of this work that often is unseen or feels lonesome. And it's just hard in general. So, I mean, you really focus on celebrating students yeah. a lot and staff a lot. What are some of those examples and how do you go about that? Yeah. So I think visiting those classrooms, um, especially as a principal, when you have moments where you're like, oh my goodness, what, what, what's happening today? Um, you've got to, I got to get into the classrooms. That that's the thing that refreshes me the most. Mm. Um, and then being able to celebrate what the teacher's doing, whether it's send an email out, take a snapshot and be able to share it. Like, Hey, I saw something great in Mr. Flesh's room today. Um, here's what it was and, and find ex little examples that we can share out. Um, I also think one of the things we do, and I don't take ownership for this, but uh, my superintendent is an amazing leader, um, superintendent of the year 2020, I believe. So, uh, but he focuses a lot on school culture and, and has us do what's an, a, a, a um, it's called the dog is home. So oftentimes uh, you see things on the, on the streets. My dog is missing $500 reward. You never hear what happened to the dog. So very oft, very little times do we see a sign that says, the dog is home. Thank you so much for helping. So what we do is we send out mass emails of just share the positive. Share the po mm -hmm. positive what's happening in your classroom. Share the positive what's happening with kids. And it, it is the ripple effect. Um, so that's one example that we do. Um, I think celebrating kids, we like to do that weekly. We do that monthly. Um, we have little assemblies for them. They love hearing their name on the intercom. That's such a big, cool thing for a kid. <laughs> so we do that oftentimes. Um, we're a PBIS school. So we celebrate, you know, using um, the framework of PBIS, 
taking pictures of our students. We use social media outlets a lot just mm. to celebrate the positives with kids. Um, and then one of the other things that I think is really important is just those phone calls home. You know, that's, that's one thing. If we have a, um, if you ask a child, what do you want to work for today? Do you want to work for a piece of candy? Do you want to work for a token? Do you want to work for a phone call? Oftentimes it's just, mm-hmm. I want to call home. And yep. that, that intrinsic, um, celebration is just it's it's amazing to be able to connect with the parents and share mm-hmm. it is astounding even at the middle school level i'm thinking like the assemblies are such a middle yeah. school or elementary yeah. thing but i'm like middle schoolers would love that stuff too they oh, just love they being social and they yeah. they do love hearing their name they love hearing yeah. um the phone calls home i have so many kids yeah. i'm like thinking of them right now yeah. um who would just be you know causing problems in class or, or not working to the level they should have been i'm like hey we'd love to send a positive yeah. phone call home today and, and really yeah. let your let mom and you know i know most of their parents so i'm like trying to let yeah. i call them by their name i'm, I'm gonna let gene know or i'm gonna let so and so know oh yeah okay now i'm gonna you know and then they turn it around and it's just oh, amazing we think that they grow out of that but they don't no um, they really they, do appreciate they that. don't they don't at all and i'd say too one of the other things um that i think keeps this at the center of the work we do too is just making like kind of doing an analysis of each student of who is their person who's their mm-hmm. trusted adult mm-hmm. um because if if they have a trusted adult within the building connecting them with uh that person to kind of highlight and celebrate the work that they're doing is is also really important yeah and being strategic about that too absolutely yeah. i know we, yeah. we often ask those questions in like conditions for learning surveys and whatever else but it's okay what are we doing to actually act upon that and ensure yeah. that everyone has a trusted yeah. individual that they can talk to that's yeah. that's huge you talked about earlier getting into classrooms you know as principals i'm i'm really curious is there anything specific you do to make sure you structure out the time to get into classrooms i'm always interested about yeah, that because yeah. it's like every administrator gets to school and then it's fire start and then they never get in the classroom. So how do you make sure that you are getting into them consistently? Yeah, absolutely. That I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Cause I'd love to share about school administrative managers, a SAM program. And I don't know if um, you're familiar with the SAM program or mm-hmm. not. Um, I have a school administrative manager that helps me carve out time in my day to ensure that that happens. And so um, she looks at my calendar. She schedules if there's some open time. She will schedule, hey, I blocked you two hours today. Um, where do we need to be? Uh, and she'll, she'll put those teachers in my calendar. So that is carved out uninterrupted time. Stuff in the office can be taken care of uh, when I get back. But she's there to take care of some of those little um, minor behavior problems that might come through the office or take mm-hmm. phone calls and messages and really help schedule my day so that it's uninterrupted. Um, prior to having a SAM, uh, my, uh, my instructional time was probably about 35% each mm. day. So it wasn't as high as I'd like it to be. Um, and I had somebody come in and kind of do an analysis of, of my day, looking at what, what tasks I was doing, uh, what kind of fires I was putting out, where, how much time I was spending in a classroom, talking about instructional objectives. Um, and that was only about 35%. Um, since I've done the SAM program over the last five years, uh, my my leadership has gone up to about 58 to 65% anywhere wow. on a good day. So, mm-hmm. um, so I can hit 65, 70%. And so that program has really, really helped me mold each day that I have, um, helps me kind of prioritize where I need to be so that I can better support the teachers that are doing, that are in the trenches. So um, yeah, carve it out. If you don't carve it out, it doesn't happen because there's mm-hmm. always going to be things that that come. And they I, have to take care of. 
I love that. And that's like a specific resource and uh, that administrators can utilize to make sure that that time is structured for them. Cause yeah. yeah. And I've heard of breakthrough coaching, or I think it's something along those lines. It's the same idea of having your secretary be the one who is sort of filtering out um, what doesn't need to be taken care of and then making sure that you structure out that time so that the administrator can get into the rooms um, and actually spend time in classrooms. Cause that's the whole yeah, yeah. And and I do think in order to get a good pulse on what's happening and be able to plan for what your building needs are, that has to happen. They, they need mm-hmm. to see you. So it's mm-hmm. really, really important. Definitely. Um, how do you, or excuse me, what would you recommend? You know, I'm in my, for almost done with my uh, first year of grad school, going into my second year, soon to be licensed to be a principal, which is insane yeah. to think about. Um it's exciting. Well, it is very exciting. And there's so many people that listen to this show that are interested in leadership or in the process of becoming administrators themselves, if they aren't already, what would you recommend to uh, future and aspiring school administrators? Uh, uh, first, focus on your relationships and um, getting to know the staff and all the people you're going to be working with to establish and build trust. Uh, that definitely has to be one. Uh, definitely making sure that you ask questions and you just listen, making sure that you have um, a good viewpoint on, on what the school is about, the district, the community, listen to the needs. Um, and then I think this one is so simple and we, we talk about what's best for kids, but when you have a million things coming at you, sometimes you lose sight of that. And so um, I would say to make your decisions easier and to make sure you're always on the right track, um, always just keeping what's best for kids. With every decision, it affects everyone differently. Uh, but I think if you can always go back and hone in on that, uh, then I think that we're putting our attention on the most important thing that matters, and that's mm-hmm. the kids. So um, that would be number three. Um, I would say the fourth one that I have is go slow to move fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mm-hmm. is something that I still struggle with on a daily basis of um, everything feels urgent. And, <laughs> I, and, and so sometimes if I just write it down for a moment, walk away, and respond, you know, in a couple hours or even the next day, I'm in a much better place to, to be able to provide support and to think a little bit more clearly. Um, so that would be one thing. And that's, that is one challenge that I have that I'm still working on. That's, that's a growth area for myself. Um, also surround yourself with positive people. I think that is so important, making sure that you have great mentors and people that you can call up, um, and, and just, get inspired by that those some you just always need mentors and people you can learn with and people that you can call up when you're um, when you need something. So that would be another thing. I love all of those. <laughs> How can people connect with you and support you, Heather? Yeah. Well I'm I'm happy to give out my email address. It's Heather.buckley at cardinalcomet.com. Um, I'd be happy to support um, and talk to any leaders going into education or teachers or principals and network, and we can learn from each other. Um, as far as supporting me as an individual, I think it, it's more about um, how do we support each other as educators <laughs> in our world? You know, it's education just sometimes is there's a shadow placed on the work that we do as schools. Um, I was kind of thinking back um, recently, Jamie Vollmer writes, schools can't do it alone. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Vollmer. He's an Iowa Iowa guy. So um, he talks a little bit about the great conversation and uh, he, he says the five S's. And so um, our superintendent and myself, we always share out the five S's. Uh, number one is stop bad mouthing each other. 
uh, don't t speak negatively about what's going on in schools. We all have the same, you know, the same problems, but venting about it doesn't shine brightly on education. So having a solution mindset would be one. Um, shifting our attention on the positives, being able to share it, share out little things, share out big things. The world needs to hear the work that the educators are doing um, and positive things about what's happening in our schools. Uh, the other thing would be just sharing it out and networking with people. Um, that's why I, I give you huge um, kudos and commend you on, on what you're doing because you are sharing the positives about what's happening and how educators are changing the world and um, focusing on what matters most. And then um, sustaining that, that would be another one. And then starting now, there's no better time now than to um, really dive into the work that we do and share about the great things that are happening and what we're seeing in our schools. So I'm taking that from Jamie Vollmer. Um, that's one thing I think that we can all do to support each other and shine a little bit brighter on um, education. Um, I think if we do all of those things, which are simple, they don't cost anything, if we can do all those things, we're gonna get more community buy-in. And um, together, you know, whether it's families and business owners and towns and uh, the communities that make up your district, we can all better our, our students in their future, so. Yes, we can do it. We can do it now. <laughs> we don't have to That's wait. Right. That's it's right. Up, and yeah. it's up to the people in the room too. That's what I've, I've heard so many people say it's well it's someone else has to fix it or someone else probably has the answer it's no we have the answers and yeah. we have the ability so let's get after it um i have final question that i ask all my guests i um think you're gonna like this one okay so say there's a complete revision of schools across the world and we decide to build a brand new education system from scratch and they select educators to interview to help shape this new school system and they select you heather buckley um to give some guidance, but the only rule is that they limit you to three statements. So what would those three statements be that you would tell them in shaping this new school system? Oh my, I feel like this is a, a good mission statement, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of helps me reflect on what, what I would want, you know, for a future school. All right, so number one, um, as a school team, we care and support each other. We work together to bring happy, caring and safe environments so that all of our students can um, thrive and strengthen their social emotional skills and live to, to their fullest potential. That'd be number one. I, that was kind of, I, I probably put three things in the one statement there. <laughs> I'll uh, allow it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um, number two would be, uh, we must make sure that the most basic needs of every student's met and we first have to capture their heart. That would be number two. And then uh, lastly, as a society, uh, we collaborate and support our school systems so we can impact our future. Yes. Love it. Thank you so much, Heather Buckley. Uh, I will uh, add your email into the show notes. So if you're interested in reaching out to Heather and learning more about her work or just connecting with her, you can email her there. Heather, it's been an absolute pleasure and honor. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much for the work you do. I really enjoyed visiting with you today. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Hey there. Before you go today, I have a quick favor to ask you. It would mean so much to me if you gave me a follow on Instagram or Twitter by following at EdEssentials. I love connecting with my audience and hearing all about your journey as educators, so please give me a follow so I can connect with you. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave the show a rating or review. It really helps other educators who are passionate like you and me about leadership and teaching find this show. And if you really found this episode helpful, share it with your teacher bestie or someone that would love it. Again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Ed Essentials Podcast. Original music by Patrick Cunningham. Links to connect with us are in the show notes. Connect with me on social media by following at Ed Essentials. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Ed Essentials Podcast. of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.